Welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. I am John. My co-host is Andy. And Andy, our long national survivorless nightmare is over. Actually, no wait, not national nightmare, because I sometimes forget that we haven't taken over Canada yet. Uh, this would be a continental nightmare. But anyway, we finally got to see our first episode of Worlds Apart. And did you think that it lived up to the hype? Uh, no, because that's impossible. <laughs> Are you saying I hyped it too much? How could 90 minutes of Survivor live up to the hype that both the cast, the show itself, and probably most especially you have uh, put it up to? But that said, um, great to have it back. Solid 90 minutes. I love the 90 minutes. Me too. I mean, it, they really do need to have the extended opening episode every time, right? It has to be extended. Oh, yeah. Like, it, like we couldn't do 90 minutes every No, week. God, no. Uh, sometimes I struggle with Phil 60, but there's there's so much business being attended to in the first episode that in 60 minutes, it kind of, they're just doing the business, you know, they're, they're doing the challenge. They're doing like, you know, first thing at camp, introducing the people. Uh, sometimes an idol gets involved, but in order for us to really get attached to a season, we need to get to know the people. And that's uh, more than anything last night. That's what it was. We kind of started to get to know these characters. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even get to the challenge until, you know, <laughs> over an hour into the episode, that was perfect. You got a lot of time to let the characters breathe, which I think that decision is probably kind of motivated by the fact that they think they've got a good cast, so they were letting them, you know, get their shine on, basically. And it worked. I mean, I feel like I know more of the cast now, not that I didn't before, clearly, but it was a good a good start. It was laid out very well. Yeah, um, before we get into more into this episode, I just want to welcome back our listeners. Uh, some of you may only be in-season uh, listeners because you're only sort of obsessed with Survivor, but uh, we just want to let you know if you uh, were taking the time off that uh, there is some stuff that we did in the off-season that's worth checking out. Particularly my stuff, that's what you're referring to, right? Uh, sometimes I don't even hear your voice when I'm listening to our <laughs> stuff. But uh, yeah, the blog has been pretty active, and that's been John, because, you know, I got things to do, man. Sure. Um, but also, we, we did two podcasts uh, in the, our time off. So we did a fan cast uh, where we used the gimmick of this season, the uh, white, blue, no color stuff, and we uh, picked all star tribes out of that. Which, uh, if that sounds familiar, it's like, yeah, maybe another podcast or two might have done it. But we did it first. So I encourage you to listen to that. That's fairly evergreen. Uh, the one that's being a little less evergreen that we're probably going to talk about a lot tonight is uh, we also did a cast preview, and we nailed it, right? Nailed it completely. And I'm going to plug my off-season stuff with no shame whatsoever, because I'm actually kind of proud of it. The whole idea for the hype post that I did, I was just listening to a Lil John song, and I'm reading Shireen's bio, and I'm like, got it. I'm going to do hype posts. And so I did that for four different people in this cast. Um, Three out of four. Not ain't bad, John. Three out of four. <laughs> Oh, are you suggesting that I, I might have missed on one? We'll get to that one Swing later. Um, but yeah, check it out. It's purplerockpodcast.wordpress.com. Like I said, I think it turned out really well. We've actually got a couple new things in store for the website, but we'll let you know as they happen. I think there's actually a way you can even subscribe for updates. I'm not really sure. Yes. It's not as easy yes. as it should be, probably. Uh, well, I mean, if you are, if you have a WordPress account, it's pretty easy. I think there's a subscribe button. There's also an RSS feed for people that still use that. But, you know, as we'll say at the end of the show, the easiest way to find out what's going on with us is to follow us on Twitter. Oh, yeah. At Purple Rock Pod. Hey, an early plug for our Twitter feed. I like it, Andy. Good job. 
But let's talk about yeah, the episode. Hey, Rob takes like five minutes before he gets to content. We can have a little <laughs> bit of ours. But yeah, this season, it was just good to meet these people. Uh, even better than 90-second videos of that incessant tapping noise, Scott. <laughs> uh, so what was your first impression? Did you, anybody stick out to you? Any tribe stick out to you? Uh, I think from when they're, you know, put on the mat and Jeff goes into the spiel and he introduces the gimmick, uh, I think the big standout is probably obviously Dan. Yeah, you think so? Because Dan cranked the volume up to 11? Yeah, so in your uh, early post, you talk, and we, and also in our previews, we've said that, you know, he has a very good chance of being Rupert 2.0. And in some ways, you nailed it. We were just hoping that would be a positive. <laughs> and, uh, in his gregarious take of being the blue collar and all the great parts of building our nation and all of that, uh, it was so Rupertian uh, in his way to embrace the gimmick of the season. Hey, and, uh, again, I, Clearly stated at the end of my Dan hype post, like, look, if he wholeheartedly embraces this and goes full blue collar in episode one, abandon ship immediately. So we can just forget that hype post ever happened. I'm going to give Guy a little bit of a break, uh, but it, or at least I'm not writing him off just yet, uh, but yeah, there's definite warning signal, warning flags there. Uh, he's but super excited to be there. And if you, or smart about it in a meta way, like, you know, you want to be on Survivor and you want to be on Survivor, the best way to do it is to, like, echo what Jeff is saying enthusiastically. That is right? very true, because Jeff loves the echo chamber. Um Yeah, and to be clear, I'm not actually bailing on him yet. I, I think there's still time for him to recover, and I do find him entertaining. Plus, he's been trying for you know, 14 years to get on the show, so I imagine he's got a little pent-up excitement in him. It's okay. Yeah, and I think, yeah, that jumping ahead a bit, that was uh, evident of his entire journey through the first episode. I think he's just a little too amped, which I did, you know, in the preview podcast, I'm like, that's going to be the danger for Dan. That, you know, I've never wanted anything in my life as bad as I think Dan wanted to be <laughs> on Survivor, and I think he had some uh, problem controlling his emotions. In that sense. Right, you have to give him some slack on that one. And if you're talking about Rupertian behavior, which is something I've just invented as a mm -hmm. term, um... It wasn't just the, you know, blue collar is the best and this is how we divide our worlds. I, did you pick up on the fact that he was angrily growling and mansplaining at the two young women about how to build a shelter? <laughs> oh, you, you think that that's happened before with a Rupert? <laughs> so, so if you really want the abort time, it's, um, when he starts suggesting they should dig into this. Yes. Then everybody just get off. You guys, an underwater shelter on the beach. What could possibly go wrong? But yeah, at the mat, and actually related to, you know, Dan's uh, soliloquy, uh, another thing that really stood out for me when they were first uh, standing there is the, just the truly epic uh, eye roll that Shireen gives when, when they're talking about the... <laughs> now, obviously, reaction shots are almost always manufactured, but if she wasn't responding exactly to what Dan was saying, she was clearly responding to the tenor of that somewhere in that conversation. And... Yeah, that was a thumbs-up moment. I think there also might have been a Shireen eye roll when Jeff said, you guys are white-collar, you make the rules. So I enjoyed that. I tried to cap. I did try to do a screen cap of it to put it in a post that I did today, but it was hard to hit. And, like, about that, you know, white-collar doesn't necessarily mean in control. I mean, 
I've been white collar probably since I finished school. And, uh, you know, I was a lackey, you know. You're always under someone's boot. And I think that probably also um, describes at least one member of that tribe. Yeah. Oh, you're throwing shade at Tyler again. I feel like you did that in a preview podcast, too. Uh, I think I made fun of him for writing his own Wikipedia page, but yes. Uh, which, I checked that, and you are so right. That is clearly written by him, and it's fantastic. I love yeah, it. Nobody cares that much about preseason kickers. Uh, especially the coaches of preseason kickers. Uh, what else stood out for you when you first met them? Well, I was just going to say that uh, before we talk about a different tribe, I loved that like Dan and Mike immediately become buddies because actually a friend of ours, Guis or Lewis, whichever you prefer, he, uh, he described Mike as the human embodiment of Labrador Retriever. And so I'm just picturing, if you've seen the movie up, it's just him running around, Mike going, I'll volunteer with you, buddy. Hey, look, I ate a scorpion. Oh, no, no, I'm puking. Oh, I'm okay now. Hey, rub my belly. Like, he was so, ooh, shiny object. Ooh, I'm going over here. Yeah, I'm so happy. Like, I mean, I mentioned in the preview podcast, the guy just seems really charming and, at least for me, totally hits. Like, I'm like, yeah, I want to be friends with you too, Mike. So I just love that they instantly bonded and they're buddies. And I feel like Dan could just rub Mike's belly or scratch behind his ear. And they're like, yeah, we're friends for life. I just like that they buddied up because I know that they're going to have some truly epic games of disc golf. (laughs) They actually tweeted one today. I know, I saw that! (laughs) Okay, good. I didn't know if you were just making that up. But yes, they did tweet one today. I think Tyler's playing with them, too. All right, so... um. Let's move on to Tyler's tribe, actually, because I love that the White Collar tribe immediately hung Joaquin out to drive. Just like they knew, because I think it's, so it's Max, Shireen, I'm assuming so, and definitely Carolyn, Mm -hmm. all fans of the show, so they know, like, okay, yeah, not me. I think Tyler probably is, too. So they were like, yeah, all right. Joaquin, you. And I bet Joaquin's thinking, oh, I'm so flattered. They think I'm this, you know, great leader. They see my potential. Meanwhile, all the rest of them are like, okay, yeah, he went. Oh, yeah, they were all just like, I'm invisible. I don't know what I mean. Like, how long do you think it was, like, after, you know, so Joaquin, you know, he he takes control. He's there. And then Jeff says it has to be somebody else. Do you think they were just paralyzed for 10 minutes, just like, not me, not me, not me? Well, Actually, we'll get to this later, but didn't So volunteer to go with I him? think it's possible, yeah. It's hard to say, okay. uh, yeah. But the, but yeah, the, the other people in the white collar tribe knew it's like, no, 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 no. Yes. Hey, pro tip, by the way, for all future Survivor players out there. If Jeff tells you you have to nominate a leader, as soon as your tribe huddles up, just be the first one to speak and say, hey, what about you? And just kind of point vaguely in the direction of a bunch of people. And then when the first person says, oh, you mean me? Be like, yes, yes, you. <laughs> just as soon as you've directed the attention somewhere else, like no one's going to turn down you name them leader. How are they going to like gracefully back out of that? Like you, you've been nominated. You can't say no. If they nominate so, me, I'm finding a way. <laughs> you're like, oh, no, I, I can't. I got a bump leg. Or just, I can't. You don't need to walk. No, no, no. You don't understand. I just I can't do it. Yeah. I mean, what you do is you find the most stereotypical uh, leadership quality that you're not, and that's what it is. So, like, blue collar is like, oh, experience. Yeah, so they just pick the oldest person. So if you're not the oldest person, oh, yeah, it's got to be age. Or, you know, if you are among the older people, then pick the buffest-looking guy. Oh, yeah, we need strength. Just 
something like that. Just find like uh, just a generic. That's what leadership is, and then they're like, oh, I guess so. But yes, yeah. it's 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 a trap. It's terrible. Even in situations where it might not be so bad, it is bad, and that's what this episode showed. Like immediately after. Uh, do you want to jump to that? Uh, sure. Why not? Yeah, we'll have plenty of time to talk about no collars, but uh, yeah. So the big uh, twist to start the episode was that the two people that end up being leaders have to go off, and they have a choice between deceit and honesty. And where in honesty, you get a big bag of beans. <laughs> eh. Sure, I, that's pretty generous description, yeah. but yes, we'll say big. And in deceit, you get a tiny bag of beans, and you get a clue to the idol. And the fun part is you get to choose, and you have to do it as a duo. Uh, what's the right move here, John? Well, first of all, if you choose to lie, I mean, we said that it's, you got the small bag of beans. I don't think you sold that well enough. Like, how small was that bag of beans? Yeah, they say, like, for a day or two. It's like, are they magic? What are you talking <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. They're, I mean, that bag was, like, half the size of, like, a Starbucks coffee bean bag. Like, you're not going to get more than one meal out of that. For six people, too. It's it's kind of like why even bring that back to camp, yeah, just you know? like uh, I'm gonna hide these like jewels, right? But yeah, it's, and I think maybe that was part of the trap, right? That you just right. can't completely lie because you're gonna have something in your hands, and if you try to lie that oh I got us beans, they'll be like no, you did not get us beans. So I think, and all respect to Jen because Jen actually had first of all she not only made the right decision yes. Do the honesty thing, because why not get your tribe food? It's going to make them happy. But Jen's explicit reasoning was that we're not in the individual game. We're doing what's best for our group. She followed rule number one, Andy. Mm -hmm. Don't ever play the post-merge game pre-merge. And I, I said before the season, Jen will definitely be entertaining. She might actually be competent, too. She's my favorite survivor of all time, but we'll get to that. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, yeah, this isn't just a results-based analysis. Uh, they had something like this at, at Kageyan, and we talked it out. There's only one choice here. It's a trap, and I don't think they'll ever be able to do it again because of the way that it played out here. But yes, the only option is you get something for your tribe. And especially in this scenario. And it was just baffling that so it would go the other way on this. Like, uh, and obviously, like, it didn't work out completely well for, uh, Mike and Dan, in that, uh, Sierra still thought that she, they screwed with her, which is an, an interesting <laughs> twist. Do you think the show was trying to set something up like that? I don't know. I mean, it was funny, though, that she said that, because it was like, oh, wow, they're still gonna get screwed. Yeah. Now, luckily, I think Michael be okay, and if Dan goes, this isn't the reason why. But, yeah, you have to do that, because, you can't give yourself a reason to be voted out, especially if you were already singled out in some way. Now, at least in this one, it was, you know, theoretically chosen as, you know, good qualities as a leader. In Kagyan, Sure. Uh, in Kagyan, it was like, who's the least valuable person? So there, that one, you're really, <laughs> you know, trying to dig your way out. And in fact, almost in that scenario, you can almost imagine why you would go for an idol if you feel like you're already being targeted. But right. no, you help your tribe. Because, yes, they will know if you're lying, because they've seen this before. And also, there's two of you! The idol doesn't split 50-50! <laughs> well, I mean, in theory, so 
that's actually something that I discussed while I was watching the show with my wife. And she was like, well, why that sucks? Because what if you don't want to align with that person? I'm like, well, that's your moment to align with that person. If that's the choice you're going to make, you just made your bed. You're going to lie in it. You're aligned with this person. So, and I think that's, like you said, that's the trap they're setting up. They want to basically either force you into an alliance when you have to lie as the like impetus for the alliance or you know you do the noble honest thing and help your tribe food is going to help you more than a day one you know idol will or day one idol clue i should say and yeah i was talking to my wife in the episode it's like you know food all the way it's like people find idols without clues it's really not that valuable and right evidence somebody did um, well, I know, with an asterisk, yes, obviously. Yeah. She was able to follow people, but she did it herself. And when you see that tree, it's not hard to believe that somebody could have just found that if they were looking. Yeah, and it's, what's interesting what happened with uh, so and Joaquin. So Joaquin's just immediately, oh, this is stupid, of course, I'm going to lie. Because that's what you do on Survivor, and that's all he talked about. And he's, you know, well, hit that in himself in his preview videos. And how Jeter banged hot ladies. <laughs> yeah. So you could tell she was working her way through it, you know. And then obviously in the interview she gave, she was giving all the potential mistakes. But, you know, she gave that after she, even she got back to the camp and probably got a sense of how badly her lie went. But even just in talking to Joaquin, it's like, or oh, we could try honesty. And she was like, yeah, this means we're in alliance together. So she knew, part of her knew that this was a mistake. Yet she went with it anyway. And what's interesting about that is maybe you kind of have to if you're dealing with somebody like Joaquin who is so dead set about choosing the deceit option. Yeah, but I mean, it, so your one out there is if you do agree to it, you get back to camp and you start trying to form alliances with other people by immediately selling Joaquin out. Yep. You know, if you're so, you just go back and you're like, all right, guys, you know, I, I made up that obvious BS story. Sorry about that. But here's the real deal. I got the idle clue. Uh, come help me find it. Yeah, yeah. No, that was totally the move. And I was saying that too. It's like, okay, so if she, if you can't convince your, you know, terrible uh, alliance partner of this, because really, how valuable is an alliance of two in six people? Right. Uh, yeah. No, she should have been selling him out left and right. Uh, according to her exit interview, one of the ones I read uh, with Gordon Holmes, she actually, I think, she did tell Shireen about the idol. After everybody kind of basically let it be fairly clear that they weren't buying her lie. But she obviously didn't put it to everybody. It should have been everybody versus Joaquin at that point, which we kind of thought it would be. Right. But yeah, it's like, so the move is you get food. If you can't do it because you have two people, then you go along with it because so much about Survivor is just going along with social things. And then, yeah, you screw with that person. And in fact, maybe even if you choose honesty, if you really want to be deceitful, you still sell the person out. <laughs> um, yeah, if you've already decided, yeah, not the least bit interested in aligning with this person, then it would be fun to use that as the lie. That's the more interesting lie. Yeah. Be like, oh, I want, I, uh, I had to convince him. He wanted to do this. What a terrible person. No, not even that. Say, we could have gotten something better, but he took this. Yeah, there was two bags of beans there. I'm so pissed. But for the most part, yeah, this was such a clear trap. And what's great about uh, the white collar is not just that So was so bad at lying, it's that they knew. They effing knew. They knew like we knew. As soon as this twist was announced, we're like, oh, okay, they're going to make them choose. And yeah, there's, it's either going to be food or idol. Like, all you would have needed to know is to 
A, seen Kaguya, and B, kind of understand how Survivor works. And one way it doesn't work, John, is offering three choices of one being, meh. <laughs> I can't decide. Eh, I'll just, just drive straight down the middle here. Oh, I was, uh, so so bad. How, could you think of a, how about this? Think of a worse lie than what's so told. Don't even think of a better one. Think of a worse one. A worse one would be like, oh, we chose this over Flint or something. And I think we've had you know, some commenters suggest that. Then your tribe would be like, what are you, a freaking moron? How did you not choose Flint? I, I mean, really, if you're bringing the bag of beans that small back, you have to say something along the lines of like, oh, there was some sort of gambling aspect involved and we lost, so this is what we got. Because... Again, that bag of beans was insultingly small. Yes. So you have to have some reason that you got screwed and you ended up with that bag of beans. It's really probably what people were like. It's like, there should be two bags of rice here. Where's, 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 get out of here with these stupid beans. Right. I love that Max even called the lie out in tribal council and said, I would have made the same decision. I just would have done a better job lying about it. Yeah. So, yeah, and it was pretty clear. Like, Max and Shireen were instantly on top of the fact that it was a lie, which you know, made me very, very happy. We'll get to my Max and Shereen love later, though. Yeah, and uh, to her credit, Carolyn as well is like, yeah, no, that's not true. And Oh, was Carolyn involved? <laughs> she was quite involved in this episode. I might have to remind you of that several times. Um, so, yeah, as you alluded to, uh, two people that didn't screw that up was Jen and Vince. Yes, Vince. Uh, what did she call him? Dances with Wolves. Um, <laughs> so, while they're uh, when they were getting water, I think it was, Vince does a move that looked peculiarly... Ooh, let's try that again. Vince does something that really looks like he's sniffing Jen's hair or forehead or something. My best friend texted me about this during the show. He's like, what was that? And I think he was trying to smell her aura. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> Maybe he knows. Maybe he knows. It's like, this is the last time anyone's going to smell good here. I got to capture that. <laughs> I don't think even by that point they smelled good. I mean, within a few hours of being on that island, you, you've been sweating like crazy, especially if you ate a scorpion <laughs> and you stink. So, hashtag we smell bad. Yeah, oh, the, all the Jen and Vince and Joe stuff, I loved it so, so, so much. Of course you did. You're you're a total relationship nut. You're a survivor ship. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, I, and I, I actually rewatched it because they posted the video on us. Uh, the Survivor YouTube site. Just the look as Vince of silent rage building while Jen is just kind of casually talking with Joe is is gold. It was so fantastic. His, his whole peaceful you know, yoga, spherical, oasis lifestyle was just laid to waste because the girl he has the hearts for is talking to who is clearly now becoming the true alpha male to try. But Andy, I want to ask you a real human, human question here. Actually, I'm a devoid of human emotion, so I'll ask you this robot question instead. How amazing is Jen? Oh my god. I, yeah, we were I excited mean, about it, uh, her, about her. Hmm? Uh, you, yeah, you'd written that post, I was, you know, with it as soon as, by the time I finally actually got around to reading about these contestants, like, oh yeah. She is going to be funny in a way that women are never funny. And ding, 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 we nailed that one. Her confessionals have already been gold. And I love that the hashtag we smell bad thing. They're hugging, and that was 
the longest freaking hug. I I don't hug people I love for that long, and it was almost uncomfortable watching. Like, okay, so you're gonna stop hugging her now, right? Because this is getting really creepy. And then cut to confessional. Jen's like, yeah, that was really creepy. Oh no, I love that she commented on it and that they let her comment. How about just like her confessional like posture? She's just laid up, like like she's lounging on this like you know, chair made out of a tree. It's like like. What woman has ever gotten that one where she's just kind of pontificating from the lounge? Like, that's a Cochrane shot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she's just laying back with the I don't give a F yeah. what's going down pose, and I love it. And she's spouting off things, and oh my god. No, you know, I was sort of kidding that she's my favorite of all time, but it could happen. Because as you said, she also seems like she knows what she's doing. I need her to be on every episode. And if she can't, like, go all the way to the end, uh, we desperately need her on the jury. Yes, exactly. At the very least, she's got to get to jury. And then that would probably make the Ponderosa videos must-watch viewing. Oh, yes, it would. I I usually don't even watch them, but I would probably tune in if she's in them. And she mentioned the jet ski! Oh, of course she did. She had to. I love Jen so much. I really do. I, I hope that she lasts a long time in this game. And I think she will. I mean, who's targeting her? Unless, yeah, Vince is not well, the, the second coming of Coach. <laughs> she becomes targeting because... the second coming of Brandon Hans. Yeah, it, exactly. Like I said, define targeting because uh, I think Vince is targeting her in a very specific way. Although his heart seems to already have been broken, John. I don't know mm. if I can trust her. Oh, it, oh my God. It was It was so delightful. And you know, it was also, uh, you know, Jen's the MVP of that segment, but, uh, I'm on Team Joe already. I think that, that guy is what people were saying he is before the season started. He's your new Malcolm, huh? He might be. I mean, read his bios and it's like, oh, he actually is a fan to the point where, like, he knew there'd be a gimmick this season because they used the name of the location in the last one. Uh, so they would need a gimmick just for what to call this place. So yeah, he's a deep fan. Yeah, he's out there starting fires. He's serious about it. He's so dreamy. <laughs> he is that. Um, yeah, my wife says, he's almost a little too pretty. Oh, yeah, like his first shot when his hair is down is, you know, all the jokes I was cracking before about, excuse me, miss. Uh, but <laughs> I think, I think, uh, as it goes on, he'll get some really, like, random stubble across his fresh face, and that should help, you know, die down a bit. I see. I don't know that he's the type to grow face. Oh, I don't think it'll be like solid man stuff or anything. (laughs) It'll be like scruffy, you know, random patches of hair. And he'll have time because he's going to win the season of Survivor. Oh, well, that was my prediction. And I I would hate to be right. But on the bright side, I'd be right. Yeah, I mean, I can't be. So I'm changing tracks already. (laughs) I was going to save that for later. But yes, you you picked so as your winner. And, uh... Lasted to week yeah, one. So that happened. Uh, I'll just say this quickly. I put no thought to that prediction. I was like, yeah, by the time we finish talking, I'll come up with something. And I was like, ah, ah, her. So that'll show me. Yeah. Um, again, you're not so stellar with when it comes to predictions within the first week or two of the show, Andy. Need yeah, I remind we'll get you? To that too. All right. So yes, yeah, we, we got a lot of uh, getting to know these people. We like a lot of them already. Um, and then they did some challenges. Mm. So, you know, fairly standard stuff. I did like that they, like, there was a bit of a choose-your-own-adventure element to... Uh, yes. And I hope that's uh, something they continue. You? Yeah, I like that, too. It was a nice little, like, just a minor twist, but that's all you really need. Because, again, the show works. 
don't mess with the formula, just minor tweaks here and there. That's yeah. fine. And tweaks are incredibly necessary if for no other reason than to keep the players from, you know, going on autopilot strategy-wise. Right. Yeah. But what I really want to know is, at what point during the challenge did you stop breathing? Oh, God. Uh, man, there was a very tense few minutes in there. Because at first, I'm like, oh, okay, they're doing the whole thing. We're like, oh, no, the white collar's going to lose the lead. And... I should be really worried. And it kind of lingers for a while, and I'm like, huh, I think they might actually lose the lead here. And so then... Yeah, and so I was asking a couple times, like, are you okay here? Are you sure you got this? Yeah, you got this? You're right up there? And, you know, okay, I've clearly made my love for Shireen and Max very evident, but I'm going to try to be very objective here. I don't think that 50-piece puzzle was nearly as easy as Prost was leading them to believe. It's hard to I imagine. Thought... Now, that could just be because Shireen was that bad at it. But, yeah, it's just like the simple act of moving 50 pieces. And, like, there's there's no, like, they're all uniform. So there's, like, how do you form patterns and stuff? So, yeah, it looked harder. So what I thought it was going to be, and actually apparently Max did too, because he mentioned this on Twitter. The 1 through 50? I thought it was going to be that, yeah, put the numbers in order 1 through yeah. 50, which is sadly a quote-unquote puzzle they've done in the past. Twice. Yes. Um. So if that's the puzzle, fine, that's easy. You're going to tear through that. There's just the, the obstacle is that there's so many pieces. This was not that. No, no, it, it looks like a legit puzzle, whereas... And then maybe what it is is they over or underestimated how easy that 10-piece puzzle would be. Maybe in the right. past that has taken longer. Because, like, the one thing I'll say is I'm guessing they've tested it. You know, they had their dream teamers on there. Um, mm-hmm. So that it did relatively take the same amount of time. But, yeah, no, that that 50-piece puzzle looked legitimately challenging. Well, and then the 10-piece puzzle. Like, A, Joe's a visual artist. So he's probably used to, you know, visualizing where pieces should go. That's why he's going to win the season. Oh, Jesus. And then B, he's seen one world where they did the challenge before, and I think they did it again in, like, Karamoan or something. Something like that. It's been done a couple times. Right, exactly. So it's not hard to believe that, you know, it maybe wasn't as challenging as it should have been for Joe. Yeah, and then with the blue collar tribe, but I don't think this entered their calculus while they were struggling to figure out how to climb a ladder. But they made the absolute right choice. You do the one that you can copy. Yes, and that is exactly what they did. It, they didn't um, harp on it or anything, but if you watch, you can see them looking over at the other completed puzzles. So that's exactly what they were doing. Uh, which is the right thing to do. Good for them for doing it. And but I agree with you. I don't think they intentionally decided. Oh yeah, let's. Yeah, they're scrambling. Maybe they already had in yeah. their head that they were going to do the middle. Uh, you know, choose the yeah. neutral option. Um, and then, but well, yeah, once they were there, it's like, oh yeah, that's how it works, and that's how it always works in Survivor. Now, interestingly, this could be the one type of challenge where it couldn't work like that if people are choosing different puzzles. But yes, people always catch up on puzzles, not because the people in the front are choking. It's because they're figuring it out and the people behind them are just copying. Exactly. Yeah, they've done all the dirty work for the people behind them. So, yes, uh, they lose uh, 100% because of Shireen. And, uh, How dare you? Then they go to commercial break and, like, just... Is it, like, pin drop in your house? Or are you just like, oh my god, I've just... Wasted well, so much of my life. <laughs> that that really was kind of a thought of mine. Like, oh god, did I really put that much in 
effort into hyping Shireen up, and she's gone 90 minutes into the season. But She's not even as good as Jatia. Oh, God. Um, there was... But, you know what? So, nothing is spoiled for me. Um, but my thought was just this. She's been so into the show, and everybody... And this is reading stuff into Twitter, which I shouldn't do because everyone's really into so as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just seemed like she was so into the show airing and like everyone's talking to her on Twitter. They're all having such a good time. I feel like, ah, you know what? She made some bonds there. She must have lasted a while. Or and she so made I all those bonds with all her Ponderosa. time in Ponderosa. <laughs> and yeah. the old rule used to be the more active you are in social media, the earlier you cut the boot. Now, obviously, none of this is true. Uh, she was safe. But when they come back from commercial, and your guy, Max, your friend, your pal, is completely oh. selling her out to sew. Immediately. I was like, my heart is breaking here, Max. What are you doing? But, you know, in his defense, it's not worth wasting your own capital to try to save someone else, especially that early in the game. So, Yeah, and also you don't know if he's genuine with so, or if he's, you know, just data collecting at this point. Yeah, he could just be throwing a name out there to read her reaction on it, so... That's fine. But yeah, I, I'll say my own feelings at that point were a bit mixed. For, yeah. On the one hand, uh, Shireen seems cool, and I'd like to see, you know, cool people do this. She seems like somebody that would be fun to watch Survivor with. Yes. Like us. Like in, <laughs> in the exact same way. On the other hand, um, I can't imagine how fun this podcast would be if she went home. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm sure you would. Thoroughly enjoy that if it had happened. But, uh, no, uh, I think this is a credit to her. Uh, the talk about getting rid of her pretty much began and ended at that moment. I mean, I suppose there was also the Carolyn stuff of we need to get rid of a woman, which seems like an odd tack to take. <laughs> well, I, you know, she was probably reading the tea leaves on that one. And, uh, I don't know. I, I still don't understand why. Everyone buys into this. We have to keep our strength thing. There usually is, admittedly, it's it's usually in like the first three challenges, though. Something that's pretty explicitly strength based. So that's probably coming. So okay, fine, keep Joaquin. But the more impressive thing to me was that Carolyn got the immunity idol. And when was the last time you remember an older woman finding an idol? Uh. We're not counting Lisa Welchel finding it in Malcolm's pants. Uh, right? No, I mean, <laughs> legitimately finding the idol for herself. Uh, the Redemption Island, uh, Christina, who in similar circumstances found it right away. Uh, but it differently in that she had the opportunity to, I believe, because she was, what, sent to camp first or something? No, no. Everybody else was bonding and all of that with, you know, trying to suck up the Boston Rob, and then she was able to go off to the side. You know why you're having difficulty remembering exactly what happened? Because that was a terrible season, and that's why I totally forgot about that moment. Uh, I would argue that maybe it would have been better if people like Carolyn or that person, Christine, uh, were able to hang around, but Boston Rob sniffed that out. Yeah, and sure. Francesca goes home, and then okay. blah, blah, blah. So that would be the last time, and probably the only time. I mean, yeah, it's, I guess, Sandra, but she's not that old. No. I, I just like that it, it's a nice little, again, minor tweak. It just, we're already breaking the mold. This doesn't usually happen, you know. It goes to the, like, you know, Cochran type, the Tony type, the, the people that are out there looking for it. Um, Malcolm, who is, is just as much of an idol magnet as, uh, Tony ever was. So, I just like that, you know, if you, if you're one of those 
conspiracy theorist that thinks this game is rigged and they gave the idols to Tony and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're not giving it to Carol. No, exactly. So <laughs> there you go. There's your evidence against your argument. Yeah. One way that it wasn't really breaking the mold is uh, our first boot was a uh, woman of color. Mm. How about that? Have you noticed a trend there, Andy? It's, it's you know, I don't know if it's always first boot, but early boot, uh, definitely, yes. Yeah, so once upon a time, I actually did total up the, uh, like, basically when the first woman of color went home. You would not be surprised to learn that first three votes is about 90% of the time. Yeah, on the heat map, that one's pretty hot. Yes. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, let's just run it back. Nadia, Val. Uh, what was the season before that? Kagian? Alright, so I've already forgotten. But yeah, it's... <laughs> Garrett. Francesca, twice, you know. Um, it's a common theme. And actually, maybe what it is in Kagian is like, was there one? It was... Oh. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't know if there was a woman of color in that. Tasha and Jatia. Uh, Jatia. Jatia and Tasha. How yeah, dare so you forget Jatia? Jatia ended up being in the top three. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah. It, so yeah, that happened, but um, at least it wasn't Shireen. <laughs> and uh, you may have seen in my post, I I made the nice little sign of throwing anyone and everyone under the bus as long as it keeps Shireen around, and that's exactly what happened. I'm like, it's gonna be Carolyn. Fine, it's Carolyn. Oh, it's gonna be so. Fine, it's so. I don't care. Just it's not Shireen. I'm good with whatever. Actually, outcome. just circling back to that. Uh, one of the issues of trying to find patterns is anytime like one individual thing comes up, people you can explain it, and I think that's in this case. I don't think it played into So's departure at all. I don't think that she. You know, typically, it's basically the one person of color is just a minority, literally <laughs> and figuratively. Right? This is a game where if you are in the minority, you get voted out, and often minorities are. Um, that wasn't what was happening here. Um, what what went wrong with so? Why why was it her? Well, I, we sort of hit on it earlier, and she pretty much doomed herself when she volunteered to go with Joaquin. Like that was mistake number one. And yeah. you know, as we said, you sort of dug yourself a hole there, and she didn't do enough to dig, dig herself out. So that's where it went wrong. Yeah, it was basically she got caught in a lie and then lost right away. And yeah, people are looking for reasons. And if you are the weaker of two people who have been, you know, outed as a liar, it's probably going to be you, unless you've done some real work to uh, form bonds with the other people. And, yeah, her exit interview says she did, but every exit interview says that you do. Uh, the evidence seems to suggest otherwise in that, you know, they voted off their strongest physical uh, female as opposed to their weakest and oldest. Yeah, and um, I think... There was Parvati did actually a write up on this episode, which is surprising. I don't think I've ever seen Parvati do written content before, but she said, and again, this is absolutely me just typing up Shireen, but she said that the tribal council, Shireen went at so basically and called her out and, you know, you know, said, we knew your lie, blah, blah, blah. And it was a whole like knockdown drag out thing. Actually, I'm probably hyping it up a little more than it really was. But anyway, the point is, Shireen went after so, and it did not make it to air. And I'm taking that as a good sign, Andy. I think Shireen's, <laughs> Shireen's not going to get the uh, horrible woman edit. So 
Bravo. Well, I mean, some of it got there, right? Like that was it was a fun tribal council, right? They they were people were challenging each other. There was dissent. I love that they, you know, instead of just pussyfooting around, it's like, yeah, well, there was a time you just lied to us a couple days ago. Right. I love it too. I mean, it was it was a great first tribal. I mean, that usually first tribals are fairly predictable. Um, you know, not much drama to it. So, I mean, for a first tribal council, that was pretty good. The game is certainly afoot, John. <laughs> it was. It, come on, you did a little fist pump when that happened, right? Uh, knowing not, at the very least. Okay. And, and just let's make things clear. As much fun as it would have been to see you suffer, uh, I'm on Team Shireen and uh, Team Max as well. Yeah, you're just sitting um, in the back seat as I drive the bandwagon, though. Oh, yeah, well, clearly I'm, on a lot, I'm following a lot of teams, you know, <laughs> I'm like. Justin Bieber or something. Uh, oh, God. A Canadian just compared himself to Justin Bieber. I'm never going to live that town. And why did you not pick Drake? Oh, look, come on. Drake is totally into the Raptors until they lose. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> then he'll be hanging out in Cleveland. No, yep. nobody's hanging out in Cleveland. Uh, so, yeah, no, it was a good tribal council. Should it have been so? I mean, we know why it was so. She, you know, she dug herself a grave. She lied to people. She lost early. I think also she was probably just a little too aggressive in targeting Carolyn. When you're already kind of, you know, it could possibly be you, you don't need to look that eager about things. Well, I don't think she really knew it was her. I think she sort of figured, okay, well, we blew that challenge. There's a pretty clear person that blew it, but we could also go after Carolyn. You know, like it was a very challenged focused argument that she was making. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that. If she's making that argument, she's clearly thinking, well, I'm not going to be a target because I'm the strongest woman. Yeah, and I did really well at the challenge, which she did. Um, yeah, it's just because she was, yeah, and I guess maybe she hadn't realized she was caught in a lie. But yeah, because that put her in a bad spot socially, I don't think you should be so assertive. You know, if Max wants to vote out Shireen, then maybe just let it be Shireen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, most of the time on Survivor, this is probably 80% of the time, if someone suggests something to you, just say, sounds good. Just go along with it. I mean, learn from Penner, who didn't do that and ended up getting himself voted out. But I wonder if, yeah, her assertiveness also worked against her in a degree, which is, you know, a little unfortunate. And far be it for me to say, hey, lady, stop being so assertive. But it's just, I don't think she was in the strongest of positions at that point. And it would have been true, you know, male or female. So I think that combined with her earlier, you know, evidence of being, you know, willing to lie, uh, I think, you know, signed her death warrant. But like, should it have? Should they have uh, just voted out the person who's untrustworthy, or should they be like, well, none of us are trustworthy. At least she's useful. Uh, I mean, especially on the first vote, it's basically, yeah, anyone but me. As soon as the heat is on someone else, it's like, yes, pile on. That's all it takes. So, Yeah, and I think also what was happening is Max and Shireen decided they'd rather align with Carolyn. So if you're them, then yeah, absolutely, don't vote out Carolyn. Uh, oh, swing vote, and this, the, so I think the person that's worth in, talking about in terms of what should he have done is uh, Matthew Tyler. Tyler, I knew it. Wow, I'm gonna edit that. So the swing vote in <laughs> terms of who it should be. <laughs> hey, Survivor podcaster, tell me who's on this drive again. Uh I don't even know where I got that from. Yeah. So, uh, uh Tyler. Uh, so Ty and Tyler gets. One more reason to vote out Caroline is that she reveals that she has an idol, which, you know, 
if I suppose if she's now becoming your number one uh, ally partner, that could be useful. Or maybe you just want her gone so that the idol is not hers and possibly could be yours. Yeah, it could come back into play. I'm guessing you know where I'm going with this, because we've discussed this before. If you have to play the idol on the very first boat, you're not long for the game anyway. So Carolyn using that to try to rope Tyler in is a very good move. Because Well, I mean, it's clearly a very good move because it works. Well, again, not just going on the results. It's still just... If if you need to play the idol that early, there's clearly something very wrong anyway. So, you know, if you're using the idol on the first vote, good luck getting past vote number two or three anyway. So, yeah, no, I have no criticism for her for not playing it. I'm saying I'm thinking like she must have felt so secure in her position because her name was clearly coming up. I mean, it was coming up at that tribal council. Mm-hmm. Um, would you have pulled it out? No, I wouldn't. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I guess that's conditional. Uh, She probably had every reason to know that you don't. If you're starting to feel like, yeah, I didn't get many good assurances. You know, if everybody's talking to you like Joaquin was talking to you, uh, or he's like, oh, no, I'm not going to vote for you. Uh, I don't know who I'm voting for. Oh, wait, I do, but I can't say it to you, but it's not you. Yeah, expert liar, that Joaquin. Then I think maybe you might do that. Hey, you think you're going to vote me out, huh? Never pl- don't play the idol, but you show it, and then that could buy you enough time to, you know, ingratiate yourself because somebody else is going home. I'm just thinking if you're Tyler, I mean, clearly he made a choice, and he, it was the right choice. And it could just be the simple math of, you know, going with three people makes me a majority, going with these other two people makes it a tie. But you could just vote for Carolyn and see what happens. You theoretically could. Um, by the way, was that? Joaquin vote for Sherilyn. Was that a Carol Sherrill reference to Archer, you think? I, I almost 100,000% say no. Yep. I'm thinking so too, but how amazing would it be if it was? I don't want it to be. I don't want to. That's true. Like I don't him. want to have any reason to like Joaquin. So, okay. <laughs> I'm totally retracting that. Never mind. I hope it wasn't. So, anyway. Yeah. In the end. Like, I think it was the right play. But another way to go is, hey. If she plays the idol, then, oh well, so goes. If she doesn't, she goes. Like, there's there's nothing really much to lose for Tyler except for the possibility of forming social bonds later. Right, well, that's... So if it was clear from Max and Shireen that this is the way that they want it to go, then yes, vote out so. If it was... But, yeah, I don't know if it needed to be a vote for uh, Carolyn unless you've decided that Carolyn is the person you want to Well, in your strategy that you were just saying, it's... That's risky because you're essentially... If you're going to end up with that group, with Carolyn and Max and Shireen, you're just slotting yourself in at number four. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's, again, a risky strategy to throw the vote at Carol, or Carolyn, sorry, and uh, hope for a tie. That eh, Too much risk there. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, would you go to uh, Max and Shireen and say, hey, guess what? Yes, immediately. That's, that's the move. <laughs> no need to finish your question. Yeah, and that's the move. And now you hopefully become a part of a three-person alliance, which is just as easily could be a two, you know, be one and two. If you're part of three this early in the game, it's really there's. I don't think there's a one-two-three hierarchy. So you sent me a question before the uh, show started, and I think it's worth discussing. How do you think So would have done in last season, San Juan del Sur? Yeah. So the reason why we're asking is uh, for those that don't know, 
she and her sister were cast and were on the island to be as part of San Juan del Sur. Her sister fell ill and they were removed and they liked so, so much that they didn't mean that. Uh, they liked her so much that they brought her back. And, um, she somehow managed to beat Francesca, you know? She's been on two survivor islands and was taken out twice. <laughs> Once before the votes even happened. That's right. She only got three days. Francesca at least got six. Um, yeah, that's, I think it's kind of interesting to talk about. Last season, we did a kind of a draft of like a, uh, making a first boot season. And I kind of feel like so would have been an early pick. I think she had some promising qualities. Obviously, she had a fatal flaw. She, you know, she totally earned her departure, and it wasn't because they thought she was too big a threat. Right. But I don't think she's going home early. I think she would have been, you know, I think she would have been part of a early season alliance and then eventually voted out because she was clearly too good at survival. Well, yeah, and that's what I was just going to say is if she was going home early, it's because she knew something about Survivor because that seemed to be the curse last season. God forbid you ever watched the show you were going to take part in. Yeah, but I found that was kind of like the middle people. The first few people was like, uh, well, you know, maybe it would have just been she's a minority. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it was a total coincidence that it was Val and Nadia going home first last time. Come on. Total coincidence in John Rocker's tribe. But I will say, like, there's two ways to think about it. it yeah, you know, she actually did seem like she was a savvy player. That's why, you know, I kind of randomly chose her as the winner. Uh, she had a lot of the qualities, you know, she's fit. She's smart. It's like, well, amongst those dummies, maybe she could have run the table. But the way last season played out was the people who ended up like that looked as though they could be good at Survivor, besides Natalie, were taken out right in the middle section by the people who knew nothing about Survivor. And I think that would have been the fate that would have befell so. So what could have happened is maybe her sister would have won. (laughs) The sister that you've never seen anything from, ever. <laughs> it's also a season where one twin was voted out first and one won. <laughs> this is very true. So maybe the lesser of the two, although I suppose that presupposes that somehow Natalie's the lesser of the two, and that can't be because she was awesome. Well, let's get on to the other very fun recurring hypothetical that we always do, which is your favorite segment, the Zero Percent Club. And yes, for those I invented you... this all so I could hang myself by my own petard. Uh, so what the Zero Percent Club is, is every week, based on the evidence we've compiled that, that far, we decide who has crossed the Rubicon to having 0% chance of winning the game. And I, we don't mean people that are highly unlikely to win the game, because Fabio has won the game. Jenna Maraska has won the game. You don't necessarily have to be good at Survivor to win the game. But there are people who, through their actions, through their edit, we have we can determine we'll never win their game. There's no path to victory for this person, and we call it when we see it. And famously, once I created this club, I inducted Tony Vlachos in the first episode. Yes, your very first 0% club pick ever was Tony. Yes. Uh, credit to you, you never did, uh, because... Yeah, two weeks later, it was like, why did I do that? Uh, but yeah, we never did Natalie last, last season, so maybe we're on to something. The lesson I learned was, you know, maybe don't go so big <laughs> right away. Okay, so for this week, how many inductees do you have? Uh, I'm going to say a great sign for this show, a great sign for this cast, is I, I've got none. I am not ready to write off any of these people. Mm, you're out of your mind. 
I, I can't believe that you didn't... Look, this isn't including the people who we were writing off before the season ever started. Oh, it's not? I'm saying the episode we just watched gave me not enough to say this person could never, ever win. Can I just induct the person anyway? Because I don't really care. Go ahead. <laughs> right. Rodney! Rodney! <laughs> yeah, I didn't see anything from him this week, but that's okay. I don't really need to. Rodney's not winning. Well, okay, so we did see the, you know, tattoo of his dead sister bonding. Thing. Sure. I don't care. Which is like why it's like, well, okay, he did something. I can't induct him this week for that. No matter why, I think a guy like Rodney could never win Survivor. Nope. I I guess I don't know enough about it. I know know enough about the other people in the cast to know that Rodney's not going to win. All right. So John's got Rodney. (laughs) I've got no one because obviously we can't put in so. Um, Clearly somebody's going home next week. So it's not that we don't think that some people are going to have 0%. I just think that I'm, I'm willing to watch a little more of this cast. There's no way right yet, right away that it's just like, nope, nope, never going to happen. And it could just be because I watched Tony once and said, nope, nope, never going to happen. <laughs> One week of watching Tony, you were convinced. No oh, chance. Come on, he was like running around building spy shacks. He had an idol when you said that there's I, no I know. Way. Come on, John Rocker had an idol. Last That's week. true. Yeah, so... Somebody's going home next yes, week. Yes, let's do predictions. Who will have 0% chance after the fact. Uh, are you going to say it's Rodney? No, going home next week? No. Yeah, no. He might, yeah. That was the point I made about Tony. I was like, he could go to the very end. I just don't think he'll ever get votes. Well, And by the end, I was like, Tony's the greatest player of all time. <laughs> I wasn't quite there, but I was very pro-Tony. Um, who's going home? What do you got? Uh, let's go with... I. Totally didn't think of this beforehand. So I'm going to decide that Blue Collar is going to go tribal next week, and it'll be Lindsay. Lindsay over Dan. Bold. Yep. Uh, so last week, uh, when we did our uh, cast preview, we actually picked who we thought was going to go home. Neither of us was correct. But I'm going to roll your prediction over. I, I think it's Nina. Okay. Oh, that's a... The, the decent pick. If I, yeah. Nina was so invisible that I didn't even think of her, and I probably would have picked her if I had. Yeah, just the previews seem to suggest that she is having a hard time blending in. It used to be a rule that if the previews showed that you were in peril, then uh, you safe. most assuredly are safe. <laughs> uh, then there was a season, I believe, Blood versus Water, when if they showed it, it happened. The previews showed what happened uh, to the point where they showed that there was going to be a rock draw. Um, I think since then, it's kind of evened out. Sometimes they're honest about it, sometimes they're not. Uh, I have no reason to believe they would otherwise build this around Nina, other than maybe her tribe doesn't lose. But yeah, uh, absent anything else, she seems like as good a pick as any. Fair. All right. Um, also, we got a little nice preview of uh, some Max and Shireen hatching it up with the nudity next week. That's right. Sure. It's a throwback season. Max is just going to hit off all of the things that he's been wanting to do. <laughs> Except for making a fire. Come on, Max. How did he not do the Yao Man water drop in glasses and catch fire that way? Yeah, right. Well, he didn't want to break his hipster glasses, though. Oh, yeah, right. And the Yao Man snapped them in half. I think it's also been done without breaking your glasses. Yes. All right, so there you go. Uh, as we said at the beginning of the show, if you uh, would like to follow us or uh, share your thoughts about all the things we were right about, keep the stuff we were wrong about to yourself, really. Come on. We'll go back and edit out all the things we were wrong about. Don't worry. Yeah, you'll, you'll just look silly. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Purple Rock Pod. You can send us an email, purplerockpodcast at gmail.com. 
Or you can uh, follow our blog, purplerockpodcast.wordpress.com. Yeah, and if you're interested in a Survivor Fantasy League, we have one going. We're up to somewhere in the 80s as far as people playing. Um, basically, you pick four survivors. There's scoring system. It's all up there, blah, blah, blah. Just go to our webpage, read it. If you're interested, let us know, and we'll put you in. You have until the next episode airs, so you have until this coming Wednesday. Uh, as soon as it's aired at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, you're done. Sorry. Uh, sorry, West Coasters. You don't get an extra few hours to wait. And uh, we you know, say it all the time about the blog, but I, I encourage you now to actually follow it. It's not just the repository of this podcast. We are going to try and actually consistently put out content for you guys. And I think there should be... If you enjoy listening to us, you might enjoy reading us. Yeah, if you actually liked my Max versus Shireen posts, good news, because that's going to go on for the whole season. I'm going to score it round by round like a boxing match. Um, but what if Shireen goes home next week? First of all, that leads directly into something I was just going to talk about, because, like I said, I run the Survivor Fantasy League. I'm letting people change their picks if they've already made it. You can change them until that second episode. And people are diving off the Shireen bandwagon. Just, That's good for you, though, right? It, it It is. It's fine. It makes the Prius get better gas mileage. But just trust me on this, people. I'm a very experienced bandwagon driver. You may remember that I, I drove the Jatia bandwagon, but I navigated it in such a way that I was able to drive it right off a cliff and jump onto the Tony bandwagon and no one was hurt. Just trust my skills here, people. Come back to the Shreen bandwagon. You're going to be fine. All right, so next week we will be talking about more Survivor and apparently a whole lot more of Max and Shireen. That's right. Um, you can pretty much expect that every week until one or both of them goes home when it will just be incessant sobbing for the whole episode, at least on this end of the microphone. And maybe a laughter here or there. All right, theme music! 